0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, folks, and welcome to The Hang. Today, I am hanging with the incredible Trinidadian soprano, Janine DeBeek. I've been fortunate enough to get to know Janine over the initial lockdown we had back in the spring of 2020. When I heard Janine singing on one of her Instagram posts, it was one of those moments I'll never forget. I had to watch it over and over again. I have never heard anything like it. She is without a doubt, one of our greatest voices on planet Earth today. Now, whilst I believe Janine has a natural gift that goes above and beyond, perhaps even unexplainable, she has also put in a tremendous amount of work, dedication and grit to get to where she is at today. What's even more endearing is that work ethic continues. What's even more endearing is that work ethic continues. Janine does not rest on her laurels, and she does it with an infectious joy and energy that can inspire us all. I am so grateful I've had the chance to have Janine on the hang. Welcome to the hang, Janine Debeek. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I was very excited to finally uh, do this with you and see you. We've spoken on the phone several times over this what past ten months.
1: Yeah, since, gosh, Must maybe have been April. April. Yeah. yeah, maybe April. Wow, and this is the first time I'm actually seeing you um, speaking.
0: It's crazy. The crazy like world like, we're living in right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you
0: think, had there been no pandemic, you would have been in London by now? For any reason? Uh,
1: mm, no, not particularly. I don't think I had anything um, scheduled. I don't remember having anything scheduled to be in London right now. Um. Mm, the only reasons uh, I would have come to London is normally when I transit and go to uh, to see my sister in Yorkshire.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause and you've some, been, and, yeah. you've been, I don't want to say stuck because it's a beautiful place to be, but you're in Switzerland.
1: <laughs> right. So I was stuck in Switzerland. Um, cause I was doing a production there in, uh, February we we're supposed to, Oh no, March we we're supposed to have our premiere and we were mm-hmm. like one week, uh, one week to premiere and then the government decided to close everything. Actually, Switzerland was the, as you probably know, Switzerland was like one of the last countries to f- decide to go into lockdown. They were they were <laughs> very late to the game, hesitant to, sh- to shut everything down. And then finally they did. So it was a choice of either going back home to Barbados or it was, uh, or I had the opportunity to stay in Switzerland, which we thought was just going to be like a month. Yeah. And then it just kept going and going and going, and eventually I was there for wait March, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, almost six or seven months. Wow. Yeah.
0: Or it could have been Barbados.
1: Or it could have been Barbados, but I still think that being stuck, quote unquote, stuck in Switzerland was the best option and the best choice because of how beautiful the country is. Barbados is gorgeous Um, but to be very honest (laughs) you know I don't think that I've ever been home for that long uh, uh, actually Um, and going to the beach every single day it could become monotonous and then eventually in that in Barbados they locked down you couldn't go to the beach could only go to the beach for three hours in the morning so
0: yeah it becomes too much of a good thing I remember I went for pilot season out to LA and things were very quiet so we were in Venice and Santa Monica daily, and I was like, we're sat by the pool, and I was thinking, you would think this would be amazing, but after a while, right. it's like, i it gotta be doing becomes something. becomes
1: like about. a it becomes like a glorified jail, you know?
0: Yeah. So let's go back. Let's go back. So you were born in
1: Trinidad and Tobago,
0: right? What was it like growing up? How long were you there? Like, what was life like there? Before you mm-hmm. left, when did you leave? Did you were you there all the time till you decided to go to Manhattan to study?
1: Yes, so I was there up until the age of twenty, and then I went to start studying when I was twenty. So actually, I was old, the one of the oldest in my class for undergrad when I started, and um, but I I needed after secondary school I needed to. Um, I needed some time to decide what I wanted to do because I wanted to go into law. I wanted to go into psychology. Um, I was always doing my extracurriculars. So I was, you know, I was doing tennis. I was doing piano. I was singing. I was in choir. I was, uh, doing, uh, running. I was doing track. I I mean, I was doing a lot to turn that is quite versatile when it comes to, uh, almost possibly everything that you would want your child to to do wow. and you know um because we're very good at sports and everything like that the, the music also came because we were owned by england we were a colony of england for so long so we followed the same traditions as as um england does right. uh so i was doing piano and voice with royal college of music but i mean I did my exams and everything, but I'm not sure if those exams would really apply when I want Like if I decided to go to Royal college of music in London or Royal Academy or Trinity college of music. Um, but it was still, um, a really good way to advance in music period. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I also was doing Spanish, (laughs) I was doing French. I think I was doing a lot. And I needed like a year to just be out of school and focus and decide what I wanted to do. And, Luckily for me, uh, my two teachers for both voice and piano said, uh, You know, you can uh, advance in the career or begin a career in music. And I said, What's that? Like, I don't have any idea. And I'd never seen an opera. I'd seen musicals because they do versions of musicals in school, you know. um, I always wanted to be a part of a musical. If it's the one thing I wanted to do was to dance, sing, and act. Because that's what I did. And our country is so musical and we dance a lot. So the acting was just natural to come to me. So I was like, that's what I wanna do. I wanna sing, act and dance. But the teachers I had were doing classical music and they said, you can do classical singing. They didn't necessarily say opera, they just classical singing. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'll try it. And I auditioned for both uh, genres. And I got accepted to do auditions in different colleges in New York, because I said, okay, I want to go to New York. Um, But none of the schools would let me do both fields, piano and voice. And I just, I had to decide that the, I liked being in front of an audience and I liked having something to say Mm -hmm. and to, to speak and voice my opinion or also have something to share. And to f- get get the, to leave an audience f- feeling a certain energy from me that they can take home and feeling good, you know? And um, voice was that.
0: How advanced at piano me. were you at that point?
1: I mean, I was a soloist. I mean, I wasn't, side reading wasn't my thing, but no. you give me a Debussy piece or a Chopin piece or a Tchaikovsky piece. Yeah, I would practice, 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 and I'll be able to play it, Obvious, obvious. So at that time,
0: before your teachers said, you know, you can make a career out of this into music, so you were interested in it, but you just didn't know much about it because you were doing a bunch of other things, like every kid should be doing, whether it's sports. Well,
1: I I didn't understand, I didn't understand the career aspect of it. I was like, what, people make a career out of this? Like... Even people at home for years, I mean, really for years, people when I was at school were like, so what are you going to do with that after? Are you Are going to teach? Like, like after you get a degree in music, what do you do with that? Because we don't know what the career trajectory is of an opera singer or a solo pianist. No idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know anything about agents. We didn't know anything about, you know, possibly branching off into other genres with the same technique that you have. Nobody knows the path of how does one become a professional musician in the classical or musical theater realm at home, really. When Lion King was coming down to Trinidad and they came to Trinidad a lot. And I know many people, many of my colleagues who end up going on these Lion King tours and they made careers, but some of them are now living in Hamburg because like Lion King came down to Trinidad, they auditioned people, they took them back to Hamburg and they're living there now doing Lion King. And they even went to Broadway and they were there for a long time. But other than that, nobody knew other than people scouting for talent, how were you going to be able to like have a career after that? And to this day, even if you live in uh, first world countries like America, England, and all parts of Europe, That question is still to be answered. How do you make a career as a classical musician, an opera singer even, especially now with COVID? Because look at all these graduates that have now left school. What are they going to do because of COVID? A year of not being able to audition for anybody or um, nobody's accepting new people, you know, stuff like that. So,
0: Yeah, and you say a year, but it's still ongoing too. That's what's scary. (laughs)
1: That's what's really scary, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic.
0: We have to be, you know, otherwise, our, it's going to be hard to wake up every day, you know, we have yeah. to keep busy. We have to keep positive. Um, So before you, you got that call to, okay, I want to go audition in New York and you um entertained a couple options before you really got serious about classical training. What kind of stuff were you singing? How, because you never thought of it as a career, wh- how serious were you taking yourself as a singer? Or were you just doing it because that's what you wanted to do? It was like a hobby?
1: Well, that's what I was being taught. You know, but my, when I was at school, we, we, we had this huge competition. In Trinidad, we had this huge competition called the Music and Tobago Music Association, mm-hmm. mu- music festival, and it was a festival, a competition that garnered healthy competition amongst different schools and uh, amateur, semi-professional groups, choirs. They had you know duets, and this is of all uh, instruments and genres: jazz, classical, folk um calypso everything under the sun when it came to uh music right mm-hmm. and so my school participated that's how i learned about it participated and we it was a healthy rivalry between colleges you know um and always the prestigious colleges would go up against each other. So I was in one of the top schools and we would always go up against this other top girl school against each other. And they'd always compare the voices of this school was a little bit more, you know, very placid sounding, very white sounding. And then this other school was more dark sounding, colorful kind of thing. And we, the, the competition always had one song that the two schools had to sing and the judge had to decide who was the best one. Depending on the judge, one year, one school one, one year, the other school one, even though I'm pretty sure they both sounded great. But I started there. And so my teachers who were the choir, you know, the choir mistresses, my last teacher, my my first voice teacher, she went to school at Royal College of Music. She came back. And so that's what she knew. So she wanted to embark that, that knowledge onto me. But I always saw my sisters partake in more musical theater type stuff because of the type of school that they also went to in the south of Trinidad. And that particular school combined their choir with a boys' school and they made a show together. So there was more um, possibility to do love type musicals and things like that than it was in my school. So I remember when I was a kid, when I saw that, I think they were doing Phantom of the Opera, to be very honest. Really? (laughs) I really feel like, I really feel like that was my, I feel like they did a Caribbeanized version of Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) I don't remember what it was. I have to ask them, but I do remember like the fog and like the boat and everything. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was, and they did everything like, you know, the instruments that they had at the time, nothing compared to what you, what you did, of course. But um, it was I, my, my eyes were, I was a baby And my eyes were like Oh my god, you know And then all our adverts, I mean I'm not talking so much But all the ads in Trinidad Are music based Right okay. if, you're, if you're buying Tide laundry detergent It has a Calypso beat Tide You need to buy Tide and so every time you're like watching a a show When I was a baby I would just jump up and be like Add time Yeah (laughs) And so I was just always surrounded by it But the main structure was Was when my teacher came And said
0: And you have how many sisters you said? Two And they're musical as well?
1: No (laughs) No No. They, we 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 all were in music. We all played piano. My middle sister was a da- was more dance, so she was ballet. Okay. And my elder sister was more the pianist, very very academic. Um, she's a doctor now. Explains a lot. And my, to be very honest, it really does because it aligned huh? math. You, you know, it, it's the way all the brain thinks. Mm-hmm. She went into science. My middle sister became a physiotherapist <laughs> and she's a dancer, you know? Amazing. So they're both at the top of their games in their fields and it's great. Yeah.
0: And your parents, were they musical at all?
1: So my, I never experienced music with my dad, but my mom uh, played piano. And apparently when I was born, she lost her voice for like uh, about two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really... Um, interesting when she told me everybody told me that. Like, yeah, you know.
0: Any explanation for that? Is that is that something <laughs> you have Everyone
1: thinks that I uh took it. <laughs> 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 or maybe she screamed so much when I was coming out. I have no idea. Maybe. But you know, it's a it's a good it's a good uh you know, a good thing for a parent to say, you know, when they're super proud of their kid and they're like, Oh, she took the voice from me, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you maybe uh, literally did do that. so this teacher inspired you to start thinking of it as a career so at this point track your other academics it's nothing that you were going to take seriously anymore music was for you at this point
1: yes i think i wanted to try it and and i didn't i had there were obviously obstacles but i never saw them because my mother protected me very much from them from that she was always a person, we didn't have a lot of money, we didn't grow up in the richest of areas, um, we're a very average family, she's a single parent, uh, raising me, my other two sisters were already at college, so it was just, you know, her and me for quite a while, As a, you know, a single parent with an adolescent is not easy, I'm so sorry mommy, um, and I've apologized to her many times. <laughs> For, for my
0: back. Well, I think she'll be proud of uh, all three of you right now.
1: No, no, she's immensely proud. But, you know, um, it's, it's not easy having a, a young uh, daughter uh, as an adolescent, as a single parent. And also not knowing specifically what uh, that child wants to do, and when that child comes home and says, "I want to be an opera singer, and you have not you don't know what that's about, and you have no example to follow or you have nobody to ask all you have is God and your beliefs and your spirituality that you this is what my child wants to do, and we're going to see it through so I never to be honest, I've never had any people always ask me if, it, if I ever had any um, someone preventing me from doing it or wanting to. I never had that. I really was blessed with just people around me that just said, go, go, go and go and go. My grandparents were there. My grandparents were teachers and principals of schools. They were mathematicians and a literature major. what what what, why when their granddaughter whom they expect to be a lawyer or a psychologist or some something like in the in the you know their type of academic to come in that direction to say now they want to be an opera singer and they have no idea what it's about but all they just said was okay go 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 my grandfather always had this thing the story about the choo-choo train that was going up a hill and it all, and it said, um, I, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And you have to keep saying that, or it kept saying that until it got to the very top and then it went down and it just said, it went so fast. I know I can, I know, I can, I know, I can, I know, I can, I know, I can, I know it. And he's like, you have, you have to keep persevering till you get to the very top until you sail, you know? That's so amazing. I never, Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's all about that encouragement, right? Like you said, there was never a reason to think, well, otherwise, sure, just keep going. No,
1: as people, you know, even in Trinidad, they're like, why opera, Janine? Like, why didn't you do Calypso? Why didn't you do R&B? That's what, you know, um, little black girls should be doing on top of that. And one friend of mine who's also an opera singer and in England, his name is Ronald Sum, a fabulous tenor. He did the interview with me and he promptly interrupted the interview and said, why not opera? Why? Because she is a black woman from the Caribbean. Should she follow the trajectory path of others by doing Calypso, by doing, you know, all those other genres, if she wants to do opera and that's what she was introduced to, that's what she was taught and that's what she loves. It's not to say that she doesn't know the other genres, but this is what she wants to do. So why not support that? Why not? Why can't the country facilitate that for a lot of singers, young singers like myself, who want to go in that direction, but there is no support system for that at home, for example, or even around the world. It's a big struggle with, with, uh, with, with, opera singers. Um, and the arts in general, huh? I mean, to be honest, but particularly opera where you know we're faced uh, with a lot of adversary, especially when you're um, black or um, and when you're female, there's a lot more conflicts there that you have to overcome. The point is to overcome them, yeah in in as much as a positive way as you can to prove that there is a space for you, you know?
0: Absolutely. And these obstacles, did they present themselves then at home before you left for Manhattan or as you got to Manhattan, you found those obstacles or both?
1: Um, Well, like I said, I didn't face obstacles in that particular realm when it came to me pursuing the craft. Yeah. Right. Um, As when you start getting more and more versed in your craft and more and more, you understand more and more about yourself and you start to become, people start to become more aware of you. That's when those questions start to come. When you're a student, nobody says anything. You know what I mean? But then when when people start to notice you, they're like, okay, let's ask you the hard question. Why operate you? Why not this? Why not that? Why not that? And they try to play devil's advocate. And you have to stay to yourself and be like but why not you know in terms if you're talking about the race card I get asked that a lot too and I have to say in what respect like you have to be specific about that about that kind of question like did I get not hired because I'm black or did I get hired because I'm black or did I face problems because I'm um black
0: well, I wasn't specifically regarding the race card. I was just going off the obstacles you mentioned, but if yeah. that is one of the um, one of the uh obstacles and hurdles, then sure how if you were presented with that-
1: mm-hmm.
0: how did you overcome that well
1: i can't I can't say that I was directly presented with that. As a as an obstacle, mm-hmm. I can say that it has worked in my favor. Actually, uh, to get uh, um, a t- a noticed um, uh, somehow. Yeah, what but Janine,
0: your voice is one of a kind as well.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs> I
0: read a quote. Your your voice is. Full of fire and cream in equal measure.
1: Oh my God, that's from um, where is that from? The Guardian, no. Uh,
0: what, I wrote it down. In music I think it's the garbage. music. Yeah, something like that. I, when I read that, because I remember when I first heard your voice was on that Instagram post when you were in front of the graffiti and you're just in jeans and a t-shirt and this beautiful music. And I, look, I can't say I'm an opera aficionado. I, goes over my head, but all I knew was the spirit and the soul oozing off this Instagram video that was touching my <laughs> soul. I was like, I've never heard anything like this. And it was <laughs> so funny how quickly we connected because of that. Mm-hmm. And how easily, like when we started talking phone, I felt like I've known you for ages. You make me laugh and you're so <laughs> cool to just talk to. But let's, let's get to your training because I, this is where I'll have questions as a singer myself. When you got to Manhattan, mm-hmm. so let's just take the whole obstacle thing is I guess you're saying whatever obstacles you were faced with, a lot of people in the upper world get that anyways, whether it's the race card or not, exactly, like,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
0: um but you're I think we I don't wanna interject with my experience in this at all, but. There's a similarity in something that rings with me is that growing up, I was surrounded by people just going, sure, that's what you want to do. When I wanted to be the phantom as a kid, I kept saying, I want to be the phantom. No one said it's never going to happen. Did you want or, to
1: be the phantom when you were a kid?
0: From 12 years old, yeah.
1: Are saw, you serious?
0: Yeah, I saw it and I was like, I want to do that. But because I came from a small town, nobody said no. Everyone said, cool. Right. Then we just carried on being kids and doing our thing.
1: But that's that visual board that
0: started right there I so believe in that. I believe in you have to visualize it, you have to see yourself, yeah, yeah I do it now, like this year,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know what this year holds, especially look as an actor, you never know what the year holds, then add a global pandemic, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I'm visualizing something something's gonna happen this year, and i'm
1: mm-hmm. I don't
0: want to get into it too much because it's not about me, but i write I write it down, I visualize it you I write it down, go, yeah, yeah it. exactly.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah, happened yeah. a
0: lot in my life. Yeah. So yeah. being Iranian in this industry too, like you, if there was obstacles, I don't know. When we have this vision of keep going mm-hmm. forward, I can, I can till I know I can, I know
1: I can. Not gonna, I, yeah.
0: I just put it in the pile of it's just one of something that we just have to deal with and navigate.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So you're exactly. at the Manhattan School of Music. What sort of aspirations
1: do you have at this point? Yeah. So I, so when I first entered, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I saw my first opera when I was 21. Um, <sighs> it was Traviata at the Met with Renee Fleming. And I just fell in love with the storytelling, you know? And the story. I mean, I yelped when she died. I yelped out. And my friend... Kicked me in the knee and was like, shh. And I was like, she's dead. You know, when Alfredo was like, where is she? And I was like, she's dead. My friend was like, shh. And I was like, Pff. and I was a bucket of tears. Like, And then I went to meet Renee Fleming after. And um, I couldn't talk. I, ju- I just could not talk. I looked at her and I was like, <laughs> because my teacher she knows you and she's. It was so embarrassing, but <laughs> <laughs> but of course, if I saw Renee now, I'd be like, I probably still would would not know what to say. Kind of like when I met you, and I was like, <laughs> get out of here, <laughs> Renee Clement, oh Ramin Carmelou.
0: It's a whole different ballgame. There, you
1: have you have no idea. So, okay, sidetrack. You have no idea how much when I saw it's not even just about you. It's the fact that I finally saw the production. I had see, I had seen the production. Like I said, when I was a baby, when I was like five and I'd never, you know, it was the Caribbeanized version of Phantom of the Opera. And then, and then it was, uh, my sister had the, the, the cassette tape. We had a cassette tape of, 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 um, uh, Crawford, and yeah. uh um sorry her name is uh brightman, Sarah brightman you yeah. know we just had a cassette do you know what it is and i had to keep rewinding like reeling the tape like till and i learned every single song but i tell you the part where the chandelier crashed no idea what happened i had right. no clue why all of a sudden everything went chaotic i didn't know that the chandelier had crashed and then it went straight into your aria for, um... Uh...
0: Musical? No.
1: No, no. Uh, da, da, dum, 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 dum.
0: Point no, no return?
1: Yeah, I think so. No, 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 no. You came out down the stairs in red. Oh, i so silent, good monsieur. <laughs> No idea why this was happening. But on the castle, I was like, it just went from masquerade and I knew not I knew none of the words. I didn't know what anybody was saying. So at that time I was just like singing vowel songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Walking around, <laughs> masquerade, hide your face, cause I'm no idea what anybody was saying. So well, the like, funny
0: part is I'm sure there's still some people in the cast that might have that phonetic, uh, approach. <laughs> <to> there <that>. are <laughs> those words. I don't think uh, there's going to be at least one person. who's like, I still don't know these words.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when, I, I mean, when I was
0: Raul, I didn't know all the words. It's like. Da, 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 da. <laughs> hide your face cause the world will never find you. Is that
1: what they say or something like yeah, that? Are you
0: always like one beat behind? Like, Find you
1: <laughs> like right after, and then when the when the opera singer comes in and the, that group comes in and they go, boom, b- b- b-. I have no idea what they're saying, but I just was singing ball song, and uh, but yeah, anyway. So my point is, it's like when I finally, this is from when I was five. I'm 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 30 now, so you know when I when I finally get to watch it, I watched it. My sister said, Janine, hey, you know they're they're streaming it on YouTube, but you gotta use it to it fast because you only have 24 hours." Luckily for me, Switzerland is an hour ahead, so I still had time. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice, back to back, until 5 a.m. And I went to bed, and I went to my 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 partner, and I said, "Why did she leave?" She should have She should have stayed. Oh, dogs. And so, and so um, I was so sad, but I was really happy that I got to see it. So then when, when Sierra like wrote to me, I was like, who's this girl? Like, and like I was like, let me check her out. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait, hang on. It's her. And then you talked me and I was like, oh my God. I know i told you this before, but I'm serious. It, it was like a, a super shock. It was, it was like a super shock. So yes, you are on the level of Renee Fleming. Thank you very much in my book. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was the first time I saw an opera. And then it just took time for me to like develop, to see uh, where I wanted to go. Uh, because, you know, at school, they're just giving you like a lot of songs and maybe right. an opera here and there. they like concentrating on the languages somewhere around my junior year my voice changed and it was like it's like how a boy's voice like cracks or breaks and splits so my voice changed like that in, in my third year and then I was starting to get more color but didn't have any um I didn't have any low notes much I had a lot of high extension and um and it stayed like that for a while I think only now within the last like three or five years, my voice tw- switched again. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, is that a normal thing with, as people go through different stages of their life? Is that because you're using it so much? It And I, when you say it changes, is it f- necessarily for better, for worse, or it's just different? It's, a, a di- it's just different. different.
1: It's just different. And also the technique, uh, my technique changed because I switched teachers as well. So over the last 10 years, so a lot of development of the muscle starts growing. So when you're doing the technique right. So for many years, I was just kind of like at this level. And then when I switched teachers and you start to learn a different technique, your body is fighting against this plateau. It's kind of like a uh, weight training. If you only at this, you know, your body plateaus after doing something the same all the time, you have to do a change in order for the muscle to grow. So now that I've changed, the muscle starts to grow and you get uh, a bigger extension. So certain things can happen where you may not be able to reach the highest notes that you were when you were younger because you were probably just going off of sheer talent uh, or because you just it's just not easy anymore. It could be psychological as well. But also something else happened to me where my lower register started to kick in and I had more confidence to go lower and to, to, to sing in chess voice. So like the things that you guys do in musical theater is a different uh, mechanism for done than for opera. But some of it I learned uh, where you guys really speak, where you say you sing, where you speak a lot and we do the same thing, except we pull air back much bigger to create a fuller sound that comes, you know, in this direction and out to 5,000 people if we have to, or three thousand three thousand five hundred 3,500 maximum, you know, in yeah. a, in a theater. Uh, whereas you guys have a mic or mic. And you, if, if you do that, you'd blow it out. It would be too much. And also for the genre, you know?
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Cause with music theater, when you do six, seven, most, m- unless you have an alternate, it's eight shows a week. That's that's almost like an you're an athlete because, as you say, it's a muscle. And I don't think we should be doing eight shows a week, although it's amazing and I love doing it, but it beats you up. Like with Jean Valjean, I don't know if I'll ever play that again if I get the opportunity, but there's no way in hell I would do that eight times a week. Not, and I don't know if I can, but mentally I don't I wouldn't want to. I'm just not going to put my body and voice through that. I never want to get to a show and think, how am I going to get through this? I don't want to just get through it. You want to be able to perform and give the audience
1: you're all your all every best. time. I don't yeah. want to just
0: think, oh, I have to do this to get to here, to get to there. That's why when I did it in London, we only had to do six a week. And I loved it because you could be full bore because you do three shows and you're off one. Three shows and you're off one. So you're always full tilt. Knowing you could rest it. Broadway was tough. It was seven, which was killer anyways. But then the way the schedule landed, it was like Friday one, Saturday two, early Sunday morning one. And I hated that feeling of like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Because then Mm -hmm. it's not about the... it's Your task is only to get through it. It's not to tell the story. And I I didn't like that. Because I don't want to shortchange the audience. That's Mm -hmm. why I like the idea of opera. How many would you do at most in one week?
1: In one week. Right now I could be scheduled right now in Paris to do like three shows in one week, maximum. Wow.
0: How do you feel after a show? Are you beat up? Just do you feel it the next day or do you wake up thinking I could do another one, but I'm glad I'm not?
1: Right. So that's the aim. The aim is to not... The aim is to be able to feel that you could go on and sing the show the next day or even right after the show is done. If you're tired and vocally tired, there's something going on with the technique. Oh, Or or the part's not for you.
0: We should have had this chat maybe seven, eight, nine, (laughs) ten years ago. (laughs) My career would be very different. You don't, you're not. So if you feel tired...
1: I mean, of course, you're gonna feel tired if you're using your cords for two and a half hours. You're gonna feel tired, especially physically. Um, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I pop it. I, I be broken to like bring the swelling down. If I know that I have a show in another two days, and uh, that's really a lot uh, um, for us. Uh, but also, remember, it's a different type of mechanism and singing that we're doing from you guys. So it's not possible for us to do. It's not good for us to do a show back to back or even every other day. No. Um because it is tiring that day of rest literally has to be bodily rest um i can 't exercise i can't uh yeah i it, because when you when you when you exercise, you get the body tired, the voice gets tired, everything gets down. that has to be a complete day of rest uh at least for 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 me, and that 's kind of sad because I love to work out
0: <laughs> yeah, how do you find? The fitness aspect, because I know you're very outdoorsy. I see you mm-hmm. hiking all the time, camping outdoors, and those. From what I'm seeing on your Instagram, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Do you, f- when you're in a run of a show, yeah, and I guess you're finding time to rest. But are you still working out at some point during the run of the show, for so, your mental health or your physical health? Yeah,
1: yeah. So that that um that stopped during the last year because i was really really busy and moving from one location to the next and i didn't know how to um i didn't understand not being able to be at a gym how to do the things in a hotel room or at home i knew it but i didn't have the motivation or the inspiration to do it yeah um so there's this lockdown situation i'm very grateful for to be able to get back on track with that and once my body is on, on in, in 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 alignment with doing that it does not prevent me from uh, doing a performance and working out either at least 15 minutes or something that day or the day after but a heavy workout like to say like i'm going to do squats the next day you know full lower body Uh, work out, I wouldn't do it just because of how exhausting it is because of the work that we have to do the next day with a show. So I would just be able to gauge a little bit better now mentally what I need to do on days off in shows as well as days of shows. When you don't work out a lot and sing at the same time, your body's not used to it. So you, so singers start to get scared, especially opera singers. They start to get scared that the tension from doing a burpee, which would create, if you haven't done it for a while, uh, tension here in the neck and in the shoulders, um, creates tension around the 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 whole voice box, is the muscles around here, and you start, you feel constricted, and that's a terrible feeling. You want to feel that this area is always, you know, nice and and soft and. You know, you should get a massage before and massage here. You get a, la- la- a larynx massage, you know, and things like that. So that, that area is, is loose. But if you're not yeah, used to funny. it, it's, it's like jumping back into fitness after you haven't worked out in like months. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this hardcore. You to know, like, you know, do us, you know, a squat with 250 pounds or some crap, you know, and you feel awesome. <laughs> and then you then you're like a newborn giraffe like for the rest of the week you're wobbling all over the place you can't do anything yeah you know? yeah
0: so true well that's interesting you say that about tension because ever since my neck injury
1: what neck singing injury? has
0: been different oh i had two discs two disc problems in my neck about maybe two years ago but i still Wrong? ever since then singing has been different just wear and tear do you know what it all started in Phantom? Really? Yeah, when I was in the Angel, something went wrong and it was either fall this way towards the audience, Uh, but still harnessed or snap my head back this way to to not fall into the audience. And since then, I have moments where there's no issues, but now I have to regularly see a chiropractor or a masseuse because I'm not doing a year long contract eight shows a week where I think that might be healthier for me. Because then you can navigate. Your body gets used to it; it gets stronger. But when you do these one-off concerts or a short tour, it's like you say: I'm. You're not regularly doing it, so your body goes. What are you doing? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because I find even my what's that soft singing I can bring him home. That sound that the singers use falsetto. Falsetto. If I'm not doing that right, oh my god,
1: your voice like doing that at the end of. oh, Oh my god. I think I played that like a million times. Me and my other teacher friend were just like, "How oh, does he? Oh, how does he do that at the end of of uh, it's the last scene." Um, um Christine, I love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was always. I kept thinking after those screams, "That go now and leave me." I remember every time I was like, I wonder if it's going to come out tonight because it's so husky (laughs) at that point. But if I'm not singing that regularly and I try and use falsetto now and it's difficult, is that normal? Because it's not in practice? Because we're in a pandemic and we're not, maybe our spirit's not in line with singing right now because of what we're experiencing. I'm not singing regularly. So maybe the muscle's out of whack. Why are you
1: not singing regularly, Rami?
0: Well, I'm starting to do it more now. I'm forcing myself because I I don't feel. Th- I think it's a spiritual thing. So mm-hmm. when I go to sing, let's say, bring him home now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't sound the same. So now it's in my head. I feel like I can't sing it. I'm nervous to sing it. I'm anxious to sing it. But also. yeah, But you,
1: you got to go back into how it feels, though. You have to go back to your technical way. You cannot be listening to yourself.
0: And I think that comes with aligning the spirit and the body at least for me
1: yeah
0: and i i guess i need a reason to sing because now when i go if i do any singing you
1: do have a reason to sing and your perfect reason is because you are preparing yourself for what's about to come you have to stay ready 100 right and you have to stay ready you do not know when you're going to get that call
0: you have to stay ready and that's exactly a lot of my things i do with this 8x community is 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 Staying ready, be prepared. And for some reason, the singing is the one thing I've let go. But saying that, I've had a couple of singing things with the band. I just recorded music of the night that's going to air soon. I don't know when this will come out, so it's probably out by now. And for the first time, I I thought, don't take it for granted because it's music of the night. Don't take it for granted that it's bring him home or any of my own stuff with the things, with the Mm -hmm. streaming stuff. So a month prior to that, I start singing it every day. Even if I'm like forcing myself to do it, it's like go up there and practice. Don't take it for granted. Even music of the night, because it was for a televised thing. So you're not doing the scene, but I'm still with a 60 piece orchestra. So it's not the way I sing it with my band. Cause that vocally comes out different. When I'm sat with a guitar, you sing it differently. It's, it's a different truth here. You've got a 60 <clears throat> piece orchestra, the London Palladium, I actually started practicing and practicing holding a mic because
1: yeah, I thought to yeah, myself, yeah.
0: how, are, how are you going to tell the story? Don't just sing it. And then when you get yeah. there, you now have something in your hand and you're going to be, yeah, yeah. get what's awkward is practicing that at home. As, if, as someone my age, pretending I've got a mic in my hand, but get through that now, because then when you get there, you've done. So I'm answering my own question because <sighs> I did practice and it helped. <laughs> and, but but here's the problem. we've we've recorded it. now I've stopped practicing. So after this, I promise um, I'll practice.
1: I mean, I totally understand what you're saying, like, but the thing is, for me, you you do have projects coming up, right? I mean, technically, if they don't get canceled, do you have projects that are coming up?
0: correct. and and to my defense there, the one of them, I've started, even though it's six months away. I started singing it now cuz I'm so nervous about that.
1: Well, right, and that's what I'm saying like I feel like okay, if we we don't have we don't have uh things that are happening right now, and that's why I keep saying you have to be ready. So com- you know, compared to like I said students that are exiting have just graduated mm-hmm. and they have nothing, no no prospects at the moment, about what they are going to do. All these thousands of kids that have left conservatories and universities with a degree in music, what are they going to do now? Is the the biggest question, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That I'm sure a lot of them can answer and I'm sure a lot of them cannot answer at the moment. But uh, so when when you, you know, just think about that and know that, at least for me, that's what I think about, Uh, at times is like when I just don't feel the motivation somebody else can be ready to take my spot yeah and then I don't get to shine the god-given light that was given to me with people that want and need it
0: so what's your practice schedule now while you wait to get back into a show I know you started doing stuff you're in between shows now
1: Yes, yeah, so now so I just finished a show in Rotterdam for New Year's and now next week I go to Barcelona to do a concert if it happens. Right. Because Barcelona Spain is kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it does happen, then I do um an opera concert, which was already scheduled as a concert. It was never supposed to be a full opera anyway. So okay. um we do we do that. And then um I am um, learning music for a record for a recording that's happening at the end of the month. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the pro I'm in learning music mode that I have to okay. do because it's, it's happening in Mo- February, it's happening in March, you know? Um, so things are still happening in terms of people wanting to record. That's the other thing that's nice about this uh, pandemic that people are, the houses and orchestras are still trying to find a way for their people to work. Mm-hmm. And the recording business is becoming a huge has be it's blowing up,
0: yeah, and it's great that people are finding different ways to one be employed and make employment for people and to still try and do what you love, so your practice right now, your' <clears throat> staying ready consists of learning because you have commitments
1: learning lessons with my teacher
0: so you're still doing that once a week, twice a week. No, once I, I
1: once no no no. Once I finished uh, learning all this rap, I go to her in a month, maybe two or three times, and then I back off. And then because I don't need to see her all the time, uh, I teach because the my my more professional students they help me understand what's going on with me because I can correct them, and of course right. I need to not do what it is them telling them not to do <laughs> yeah so it's like a self-correction for me as well staying ready so actually during the first lockdown when I wasn't practicing as much but I was teaching like five hours a day it was really almost like a five-hour lesson to myself because I kept repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and it wasn't something that I wouldn't tell myself because I don't yeah. tell my students things that I don't do myself so you know it's like looking at somebody and you're like you hate that thing that they're doing because it's something that you hate in yourself, but you, you're not, you don't even realize it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I've learned a lot like that. Cause sometimes I always say, even if you don't enjoy something you're seeing, you can still learn a lot. And you like can you say, still learn
1: so much from it. Yeah.
0: A lot of the stuff's half the time. I'm like, I think I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's fix it.
1: <laughs> let's, let's not do that.
0: <laughs> so you teach online. Do you still take students?
1: If yeah. people wanted to still
0: t- learn from you and learn with you,
1: yeah, yeah. and I'm a hard ass.
0: <laughs> I want to book a lesson. I've never trained, so why don't I
1: really? take a lesson with
0: you? I want you to teach me how to spin and do. I want. I want to learn an opera song.
1: Mm. Okay,
0: we'll figure out time. I'm gonna be hard on you. Please you. do. You know, I don't want to be rapping. cotton I, we I gotta... don't think.
1: I don't think that I. You know, not that. You know what I say. Um, I had two colleagues that came to me and actually one is going to come back here in about an hour. Um, she was so shy to ask me for a lesson. I said to her, you should sing for me sometimes. She goes, really? I mean, you would. Li-? And I was like, Georgina, of course I would listen to you. She's like, but I'll be so scared. I'm like, you're a working opera singer. Like me, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because you might be too picky and too this. And that." I said, well, that's the thing. You want somebody who's going to be picky because you want to be your best self all the time when you sing. Yeah. And, and you have to be you know, uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable because that, because when you get up in front of 3,500 people and you have to sing, I mean, I know you sing for more people than that. So can you imagine not only that, when you start doing recordings in the studio and everything, and that stuff goes out there, it, there's no time to change it. You, you don't have to, you can't retract. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take the recording back and be like, oops, I'm sorry. False alarm guys. Let's retake. Like we can't do that. Right. So um um and also singing for your peers whom you trust and respect and getting their opinion reminds you of many things about yourself that you need to keep on doing because it's a a, a, a growing process always. I love the fact that I, I never stop learning. Never. I never will, you know. It's like buying the iPhone XR and then you now have to go and buy the iPhone 12. You're always going to be learning something about Apple, some new product. We have to keep up to date all the time with Instagram and social media. And are you on TikTok, by the way? No. Neither am I. Are you going to get on it?
0: I don't think so. I'm getting, I'm more deleting things. Like I I've gone off Twitter and yeah, I, don't know Twitter. If, I might use TikTok for my 8X stuff, but I'll get someone else to do that because it, it can be clever but like i I'm, I'm i've got a lot going on i don't need to spend more time with the phone in my hand you know i'm know. trying to create things and yeah. i i have to now practice singing more after speaking with you so who's got the time? Who's got the time? i got i got to be <laughs> yeah. ready Janine. Yeah. <laughs> me being on tiktok is not making me ready <laughs> no it's
1: not well there's a there's, there's a flip side to that that i thought about with tiktok because i was just like Okay, if you want to sell an album and you want to get as much audience and a different mm-hmm. kind of audience, that may we're doing several things. You're being ambassador to the music. You're trying mm-hmm. to get people that wouldn't normally be interested in something like that interested in it. You know, it, it's all about sales, too. Um, yeah. And uh, spreading what you want to... Sp- spread in terms of your energy in terms of your message in terms of everything to everybody it should be accessible to everyone why not right
0: well i would do that if i had a social media i don't know manager Assistant.
1: i know exactly yeah,
0: because it does take time to make it do, pro- make it look good like even my little reels i started doing for my workouts do you know how long it takes to edit that and put the workout in and copy this because i also want it to look somewhat decent Next thing you know, an hour and a half has gone by. I'm like, holy
1: crap. Yeah, you can spend two and a half hours on just making a 30-second reel. It's really yeah. painful.
0: That's why I have a lot more respect for those who are like social media managers or media agents. It, I, yeah, I, I, I cannot clever. post
1: every day. I no. like to leave it like five days or three days, you know, and then post I something. go
0: through, I either leave it or then there'll be like four in one day, which is probably against all like you shouldn't do that. You should spread them out. But listen, listen, I know I'm taking a lot of your time and we're definitely going to do this again. But, um, (laughs) just to wrap up the, how to stay ready and whatnot for someone like me, when I would just want to sing sometimes I just want to sing with my guitar every day. Let's say, Mm -hmm. is that a form of practice or should I be diligent to actually do scales and quote unquote, exercises or is singing those songs, exercises, new songs, different styles. Like mm-hmm. right now for me, besides yourself, <clears throat> the best singer in the world is Chris Stapleton. This country <sighs> singer, his voice is insane. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm singing some of his stuff. He's just singing along with him. It's a whole okay. new sound and area, but then I, I guess, so my question is, is that a form of practice? Is that a form of
1: But why not? your I... voice? I think it is a form of practice like warming up on repertoire that you already know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you should always I mean, look at it. Your voice is a muscle. You would never go in deciding that you're going to do lower body today and not give yourself a round of 20 squats with no weight to warm up the muscle. If you go in full hardcore, you get to the Smith machine and you're pumping, you know, however many hundreds of pounds, like right away, that's not good for the muscle. Right. Right. So you need to warm up depending on how you feel that day, lightly, slowly. Okay. You know, take a break, come back to it, take a break, you know, and then go hardcore. I don't want me personally. I don't warm up for more than 10 minutes. It's too long. 15 minutes is too long to warm up on something. And it all and it just goes by how I feel that 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 day. It applies to performance as well.
0: Now, can warm up be
1: lip trills, me- tongue flutters, just going, you know, singing a scale on ooh, singing a scale on E, you know, anything about, that brings the chords together.
0: What about just singing a, a an easy folk song on guitar as a warm up?
1: Yeah, so I, have, like I said, it's something that you know You right, know, okay. slowly You know Whatever gets it going But for me personally, before I even Sing the song that I know I go back to basics Very, very, very basic uh, warm up okay. Stop Stop Anything that's like getting my cords to come together, moisturize, get the, the the larynx down, the larynx neutral and down. Because in the morning, our larynx can be so high up, yeah. you know, and that's why they say, you know, drink warm things to like really get this down. Get the mas- massage this area, get this down. Massage your neck, get that down. Notice what's happening in your body. It's not singing is not just about. Your cords—it's about what how your whole body feels. Wouldn't it be better to be able to sing using a much larger organism called your body rather than just this—the two vocal cords that come together—and they're so fragile. You you mm-hmm. stress your cords like that, and you have to be careful about uh, nodules and all of that stuff. It's slow. You know? How do you know
0: if you have a nodule or a polyp?
1: How do you know? I don't, I have no idea. Would you I mean if you know if you feel something and then you go to the to the doctor?
0: Do you often go get your vocal cords checked as of out of just making sure Mm-mm. everything's fine?
1: No. Not often. Only when you win something I feel something's about to happen or is going wrong.
0: So if people want to get in touch with you to get some lessons, online yeah. lessons, through your website, through how should they get a hold of you?
1: Shy. I'm so shy. Um, <laughs> um, They can email me, Janine Lessons. That's easy. Janine Lessons.
0: Janine Lessons at... G- at gmail. Gmail.com. That's yeah. what I'm going to email.
1: You have my number, Ravi. You? <laughs> 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 you can just text.
0: Sounds good. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up by asking two quick questions. But honestly, Janine, there's so much more. We're going to talk about, I know people are going to love listening to you talk and you're going to hear from them, but we're going to have you back because I just love spending time with you anyways. Yeah, because I, I be want to talk to about fitness. Purpose.
1: <laughs> I need fitness. to get a, Yeah. I'm with my trainer now online. She's kicking my... Uh...
0: I saw she's from Barry's Bootcamp, right?
1: Yeah. Jen. Oh my God.
0: Janine, you are as fit as they come, but I know nah. it's down to... I know you have to feel good about yourself. So yes. I found out inspiring that what you're doing, you're being ready and you're being better than yesterday. So you're That's super inspiring. It.
1: That's it. That's all we can so, do at this point.
0: So correct. Two quick questions. First one, mm-hmm. what made you smile yesterday?
1: <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> several things. I have to pick one.
0: <laughs> Just the first one that comes to your mind.
1: Oh, I talked to a friend of mine um, that we were madly in love 10 years ago and um, we started talking again that he makes me laugh all the time. So I'm happy when he, when he calls.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, hopefully he'll call more often then.
1: Ah, we see. We don't know.
0: <laughs> and, be, and I'm sure because we've spoken about it. What's the first uh, childhood memory that comes to your mind that puts a smile on your face?
1: The first thing that came to mind is what we were talking about earlier was me sitting down watching TV and then getting super excited when an advertisement came on about <laughs> laundry detergent, Calypso too, That I got up and danced in front of the television for my whole family's enjoyment.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to find this Tide Calypso commercial. <laughs> well, it
1: was not Thai. It was, it's called Breeze and it breathes. Breeze, if you, okay, I swear, breeze. if you go on YouTube and Maybe search Breeze, Advertisement Menstrual Island, Tobago. You'll see several different um, <laughs> versions. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to look it up now.
0: Jeanne, I think you're amazing. Um,
1: Thanks. I th-
0: I know we've only just touched the surface of your story, but I just wanted to hang with you and not necessarily have a specific focus, but what you've given about voice and vocal training, your 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 state of mind over the obstacles you you were faced growing up whether they were ones that only you would have experienced or all of us experienced that state of mind that that just straightforward motion i think i can i think i can to the point where you were able to say i know i can yeah i think everyone can take something from that and mm-hmm. uh, i just think everyone. you're incredible
1: thank and you you think, too
0: you are one of the greatest singers on planet earth right now.
1: Oh, stop. Okay. And say if it anyone again.
0: disagrees, okay. <laughs> I will fight them. I will throat punch them.
1: <laughs> Listen, we still have to do our thing.
0: Well, once I press stop, you don't hang up yet. Cause it's got a download and okay. we are gonna, I'm gonna, I got since we, since we started talking, I have an idea, but Janine, thank you so much. I adore you. And, uh, We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for hanging with Janine and myself. She is so much fun and I adore this woman. I find her fascinating, inspiring, and spiritually energizing. I appreciate the time she gave to The Hang and I can't wait to see more of Janine, whether it's on stage or just hanging out one day when our paths can cross. Take care, folks. The Hang is produced by Dori Beristine and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, A Roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, Official Ramin Karamloo. Music for my podcast is by my friends and one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com that's thedivesmusic.com where you can get to know them hear their incredible music get links to all their socials and most importantly their tour dates where you can find out where you can see and hear them live they are truly a great band and they are phenomenal live check them out